Hi everyone, my name is Derek um, from the Star Africa team and on behalf of the team, I want to welcome every one of you to uh, launch Impulse. This, this is our second edition and um, we, we have the singular honor of being joined by one of Rwanda's finest entrepreneurs, um, someone whose works speaks for him and who has a visible impact. Also, like you know um, of the title of today's Impulse, right? Launch Impulse is about delving into how to start and grow a business in Rwanda. A very important conversation that is going to help not just Rwandan entrepreneurs, but also foreign entrepreneurs who want to enter the Rwandan market, right? And then also existing Rwandan entrepreneurs who want to grow and um, sustain their businesses. You get to hear from um, the big man himself. And today we have uh, Mr. Tony B. Adesina here. Um, so if you also, one of the things we also want to introduce in our lunch impulse is if you find anything very interesting whilst the conversation is going on, just go on Twitter, on Instagram, whatever it is, just share it and then hashtag um, lunch impulse, Star Africa lunch impulse, right? We are going to go into that hashtag and then retweet. So um, help me welcome Mr. Tony B. Adesina um, onto our platform. Hello, Tony. Welcome. Hello, everybody. How you doing? Very good. And how are you doing? I'm fine. Thank you. Great. Great. So, I mean, for those who are going to see you for the first time, um, can you just briefly describe um, who you are and what you do? Okay. Um, well, my name is Tony Adesina. I'm an entrepreneur, serial entrepreneur. I'm in the electric mobility sector. I'm operating in a bike share um, sector, ride share, ride hailing, um, delivery and logistics, as well as um, electric charging station infrastructure. Okay. And um, can you please tell us a bit more about your um, enterprises? So what are the companies that you run and what do they specifically do? Okay, great. Thanks. Uh, Guru Ride is a bike share um, um, company, basically catering to a uh, last mile transportation. And um, here in um, Rwanda, uh, it, it's, it's a quite welcome thing to cycle here. We have Total Rwanda, and um, we have a lot of cyclists that just love to cycle um, around the city. And um, we came up with this project and this idea uh, to make you know this available and make it to uh, make it a day-to-day um, uh, an alternative means of transportation besides the motel and the car and the buses. And uh, working along with the city, right product. Um, we've done we've gone through a couple of prototypes, and we have a fantastic product now that we're taking the market. And I'm um, been quite interesting. We're starting with two demo locations, one in the CBD and the other one uh, in Kisimenti, which is the Kigali Arena um, access. And um, the excitement is there. Everybody's excited. And uh, we have a lot of um, corporate you know, and businesses um, looking to host uh, bike stations now um, just because of the excitement, you know, the, the, the excitement people want to use uh, this um, PBS system. Uh, our company is Safi Ride. Safi Ride is a ride hailing and um, you know, ride share electric motorcycle company. So what we do is um, using a mobile application, just like um, Guru Ride does. You can actually request your ride. Um, from anywhere in the city, and one of our captains will come to your location and you know usher you to your destination. And um, one of the reasons why we opted for this model, uh, which is a complete in-house owned um, asset, which means we don't open our platform for the public; it's just strictly in-house, is to be able to control, um, you know, not only our captains but as well as the safety aspects of things. 
which happens to be one of the um, real, real major issues we face here in Rwanda today, uh, with over 71% of the accidents being caused by motorcycles, whether it's reckless driving or, you know, being intoxicated while driving. Uh, we really wanted to stay on top of this and, you know, really give people that comfort, you know, to be able to use our platform and, you know, ensure that they get to their destination safe and sound. And um, obviously knowing your driver as well is quite, you know, important. Um, as currently in the system, you don't have a checkmate system where people can actually report, you know, whether a driver is driving recklessly or whatever the case may be, while our um, um, captains all carry badges and um, also designated number on their jacket. So you can actually have, you know, um, you know, somebody to report to, which is us. And at the same time, we're able to look at everything on the back end and monitor, you know, the entire um, flow of things. Um, and that is Safi, right? That's going to be launching in about two weeks. We've also piloted that as well. Um, you know, for quite some time, you know, simply because of the here in Rwanda, we have to get the right product to be able to go um, up the and logistics company that handles, um, you know, delivery for both um, companies as well as, um, you know, individuals. We have um, what you call a super app, which um, carries a broad um, a, a range of things from food to groceries, to drinks, to um, florist pharmacies. Um, we have events section on our app. So if you're ever in Kigali and you're looking for events or, you know, nightlife or what's, you know, really happening above in Rwanda, um, you can actually, you know, go on the event section of the app and, you know, you'll be able to see everything that's going on in the city. Um, as well as um, one one other cool feature we added to is um, a lot of times you have difficulties finding very steady and, you know, good hands, um, like a handyman. If you need whether things done at home or whatever the case is. So our platform is also going to um, enable, um, you know, young entrepreneurs or skilled workers to come on board. The thing we have on the app is, um, I said the events, I said the handyman. Um, you can also book travels and rent homes, you know, so like an Airbnb. So it's a super app. It's a one-stop shop. And what we're really, we're shooting for is um, no matter what you're looking to do, you know, you can actually find it on our app without, you know, just boxing it into just food delivery um, or drinks, you know, that's pretty common. We wanted to make it a social app, you know, for everybody, you know, to be able to um, really enjoy the platform. And um, lastly is um, EV plugin, which is really, really exciting, um, is our, you know, EV charging station network. And um, our idea is to be able to connect the entire country, you know, um, and map that network. So people, they're actually, you know, um, you know, transitioning to electric vehicles. Now, one of the issues they always have is how can I move from district to district, uh, you know, without being stuck? You know, how am I going to charge my, you know, car or motorcycle or van, whatever the case is. Um, EV plugin is currently mapping out the entire country in terms of the network of the EV charging station. Uh, our first one is going up, and um, we're actually going to launch that in two days, which is Thursday. And this is basically to be able to cater to, um, you know, different EV owners um, and also companies that are looking to, you know, adapt the charging station model um, compared to the swap model. Uh, we believe this is sustainable because we'll have a huge spread and which enables, you know, users to move from one point to the other without, you know, the headache of um, finding where they're able to swap um, the battery or not. And it's sort of like your stop over that you have everywhere you know in the world. You, the only difference would be a charging station um, network. And um, okay, yes, SUR mobility. SUR mobility is a sales, um, sales and uh, repairs and capacity building. Um, you know, we're all really um, gravitating towards electric mobility, and one of the biggest concerns is the spare parts and repairs. You know, everybody want to know if I buy these vehicles or these motorcycles, are there spare parts? Um, can I actually get them fixed? Um, so what we've been able to do as sure is, um, you know, working with the government and the um, amazing incentives we've been able to get, um, you know, it's something we've been working for quite some time. And um, 
we're really glad that most of our, you know, um, advice and things we really requested for um, in terms of incentives were granted, you know, like um, having a specialized license plate, a green one, you know, to, um, to be able to um, identify what are EVs versus regular vehicles. Um, making the um, license plates completely free of charge, you know, to really incentivize and, um, you know, motivate people to, you know, make that shift towards electric mobility. Um, input duties completely waived off. So we got a lot of breaks, um, which really helped us in terms of bringing these vehicles in and um, to have both companies, uh, you know, government agencies and private individuals um, really make that shift to really cut down the carbon emission um, in our environment. Um, and then what we also did was to, you know, build a capacity building aspect of the company, uh, which works directly with um, technical schools like TVET, taking their um, young graduates and some currently in school on the internship, training them on technical, um, mechanical, and also how to write and also how to assemble Rwanda um, campaign, as well as um, to further participating in Rwanda campaign, as well as, um, you know, job creation, creating green jobs. Um, for women, which is one of our core, um, you know, values as a company, as well as the youth and, um, you know, electric mobility. And uh, we've been quite successful working with a couple of international um, agencies like GIZ, um, United Nations. So it's been, it's been, um, it's been um, pretty exciting times for us. So that's a little background. <laughs> that, that's pretty much a lot. Anyways, um, um, well done. And I will leave the, 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 the platform for you to give us your presentation, after which you're going to have a quick Q&A, and then we would um, round up after. So ladies and gentlemen, I present to you, Mr. Tony B. Adesina. Okay. Yeah, so um, just a quick one to everyone. Whilst um, um, Tony gives his presentation, if you find anything that is worth sharing, um, please go on our, um, our Twitter um, or Instagram pages, or just go on your own personal Twitter um, or Instagram pages and then share any of these nuggets that you find very useful. And then hashtag Star Africa Lunch Impulse. I'll share the hashtag in the in the chat box so you can just copy it and we'll just um, share all of these insights that we are going to be gathering, you know, um, from today's session. So yeah, Tony, I don't know if you're ready. Um, you can just go. Okay, so SUR Mobility, um, we're technically, we're, we're in Electric Mobility Solution Hub, uh, which is pretty much like a melting pot of everything. Um, SUR handles, you know, production, you know, manufacturing, assembling of um, electric mobility um, products from electric motorcycles to scooters, um, to bicycles, to kick scooters, to um, electric vans. Um, they don't handle um, operational aspect of things. It's pretty much just um, supplies and sales. Um, who we are, we were founded in 2017 um, by a team of engineers, um, myself and a couple of partners. And um, what we decided to do is to create a value chain system um, that covers assembling to services and maintenance, as well as um, a training institute where we can um, harness young talent um, and teach them, you know, um, skills in terms of manufacturing, um, assembling um, products. Um, technical aspect of it, as well as man, I'm sorry, as well as mechanical aspect of things. Um, you know, being in Rwanda for some time now, what we realized most investors, as well as ourselves, faced um, coming in, we hardly found any readily skilled hands. And um, this was something that we felt that we needed to attend to, not only just for us internally, but as well as you know, training um young women and men um to have readily skilled hands for other investors um in our sector of electric mobility as well as other investors coming into the country to be able to pick from that pool of um, students 
um, or graduate and be able to, you know, kind of pick up where we left off. And our vision um, at SUL is very much to build a work on why I recognize brand um, and advocacy um, to, to, um, the, the, to, to really uh, facilitate the transitioning from a um, fossil-based um, fuel-driven vehicle to the um, electric base to really cut down on carbon emission. Uh, we strive to continuously make positive impact um, in our community, you know, locally here in Rwanda, and we also look to expand beyond Rwanda to the entire EAC and eventually um, across Africa and, you know, hopefully beyond that. Um, our brand position statement is really taking on the evolution of electric mobility market in Africa. Um, we chose Africa for a reason. Um, we felt like Africa was really lagging behind in terms of the shift to electric mobility towards e-mobility. We don't get the dump yard of, um, you know, the fossil-based um, vehicle, which is eventually going to happen at a point once most manufacturers pull away from, you know, manufacturing fossil-based vehicle, they have to dump that off somewhere. And, um, you know, our goal is really to advocate for this um, in our own little way to ensure that those, you know, products will end up here in Africa. Um, just some of our business model, um, you know, SUA being like the umbrella of everything. Um, I, I mentioned earlier about our training institute. Uh, we do have a, a training course, um, a pretty big one, um, obstacle course that we can train, you know, um, new riders. We also look to train existing riders as well on how to operate electric motorcycles, because what you currently have is um, you have a, a lack of um, um, discipline and, you know, um, you know, just interest in safety. Um, not only of the passenger, but themselves as well. Um, that's why we're currently in the country. And um, what we look to do um, in our training institute, um, which is free of charge, you know, because we do partner with some um, foreign agencies um, to really just kind of re, you know, just this just, just re, you know, tune um, their mindset, you know, and understanding that, you know, roadworthiness and just, you know, understanding the importance of safety and not driving under influence um, how far out that can really go. And, you know, um, saving not only their lives, but that also of other people on the, um, you know, on the road. Um, also, um, under SUL, you have the right share aspect of it, which Safi Right handles, um, which I mentioned earlier, which is strictly mobile app driven. And um, the reason why we also chose this uh, is because we can pull from the, uh, on the pool of students and the young graduates that we train at the, um, you know, training facility and employ them under the right share um, arm of things. And if they're not working on the arm share, sorry, a ride share, we push them to the EV plug-in where they can actually work as charging station attendants. Um, currently our business model for employ all women, you know, as a charging station attendants. Uh, and um, we're really um, we're really pushing hard. Um, you know, we've trained over hundred so far, and uh, we're hoping to um, you know, employ all of them as we, as we spread the charging station um, across the country. Uh, the dealership aspect of it handles the sale on um, the sale and services. Um, you know, these are all very, very sensitive um, products that take a lot of technical know-how. And what we look um, to do is we brought a lot of expertise um, and um, experts into the country to train locals, you know, and do the transfer of knowledge so we don't have to continuously bring people in outside to cater to these basic needs. So we've been able to successfully train um, over a thousand um, so far, some in writing, um, a lot in, you know, the technical aspect as well as mechanical for the motorcycles, for the scooters, for vans, as well as the charging station. That way repairs can be done here locally, um, not only just for our own brands alone, but also for other players in the um, sector. 
Uh, our market objective is pretty much to target private, both private and public sector, um, to increase our, increase our brand awareness in the market, uh, become a brand, you know, a brand household name, you know, and a leader in electric mobility in Africa. Um, constantly increasing revenue. Um, obviously, always a goal um, that you know every company looks to achieve. And uh, most importantly, build a solid clientele base where all our customers constantly satisfied by the um, products and services that we offer. Um, our sustainability plan is a five um, plan um, stretch. We have um, staying relevant, you know, um, building a business model that can um, last the test of time, um, building a strong brand and um, with our unique proposition, um, value proposition, you know, professionalism, quality, uh, performance, and most importantly, safety and um, being reliable um, while staying affordable and competitive in the market. Um, constantly coming up with innovative ideas to better um, all our products and our brand um, to make sure we stay ahead of the curve. And um, increasing revenue um, is, is the thing that we also um, push for. Um, some of our products and services, um, Training Institute, as I mentioned earlier, uh, we have the right share. Uh, we have the EV charging station um, infrastructure. Uh, for Safi Run, we have the electric delivery, which uses scooters, um, motorcycles, vans, um, electric trucks to um, whether we're delivering food or working directly with the manufacturer in the free trade zone to get their products from their uh, manufacturing plant directly to their wholesalers or um, their retailers. Um, these are all different aspects of services that we um, cover as well as sales of our products to, um, you know, to, to the public for their own personal use or business. Um, this is what um, our, one of our products look like, which is Safi Ride for the ride share. Um, it's on-demand um, ride share transfer services for cities and business. Um, for business aspects of things, we're able to work directly with company agencies and profile all of their staffs um, within our database. And um, some companies do um, have and offer uh, transfer allowances to some of their staffs. And we're able to do all of this um, with a dashboard that we do give to them as well as what we monitor, um, you know, here on our um, back end to give them, you know, smooth, you know, uh, operations in terms of um, transferring their, their, their um, staff from one place to another. Uh, value proposition, um, quite a lot. Uh, we're cashless, um, GPS tracking. Is, we do operate a control fleet, as I mentioned earlier. Uh, we don't onboard public uh, vehicles right now. Uh, we're keeping everything tight and in-house just so we have better control. Uh, customer fare. Is another thing that we're able to, um, you know, keep track of the curb leakages with one of our um, designed um, design products, which is the sensor that we have installed in all our bikes to kind of make sure that um, customers aren't being cheated. One and same time, curb leakages to ensure that our um, captains are not picking up anybody on the roadside just to avoid any issues. Um, implement creation, green jobs is something that's very important to us. Uh, we want to create as many jobs as possible for both um, women and youth. Um, and also to also advocate for other players in the um, sector to also do the same. Safety, uh, I can't mention that enough, is one of our core values as a company, as well as reducing um, carbon emission. Uh, how it works for the ride share, you download the app pretty much, um, you request the ride, and one of our captains will come to your location, um, you know, take you to your destination, and you pay cashless to, you know, mobile money or with a bank card. And this is just a little interface um, for the driver of our mobile app. And this is the writer. And this is an um, area map of um, our operation in Kigali and locations that we 
that we cover with our right share. Um, in the sales and assembly aspect of it, uh, we do have an assembling point in um, Kimaron, which is, um, uh, I don't know if anybody's familiar um, with Kigali, but Kimaron Axis, um, that's where we do a lot of our assembling of our products. Um, and the exciting part of it is we were actually able to, you know, train a handful of students and young graduates that had no clue how to um, either assemble or operate or even repair um, electric motorcycles or um, vans. And um, over a short period of time, we were able to successfully train them. And um, I'm happy to say that um, most of them, we've been able to appoint them and they currently handle the assembling currently right now of all our products that come in. Um, this is just three of our young um, stars um, that we're actually proud of. You know, they're, they're the leaders of our team in terms of training young women and, you know, bringing them on board uh, and really showing them, you know, um, that they can also achieve it. Um, all three of them came into, um, you know, the company without knowing much, but with their dedication and, you know, and determination, they were able to come out on top. And um, there are three outstanding, you know, on staffs right now. And um, this is to show you uh, our training, you know, aspect of things. Uh, we do like to involve women a lot in everything that we do, uh, simply because we feel like they've really been um, taken aback. Uh, uh, they've been taken aback uh, end of things in terms of uh, transportation industry, whether it's taxi, whether it's motorcycles. Um, it's just something that's been, you know, male dominant. And we felt like we can change the conversation by um, pushing women a little bit more and showing them that they also can be part of this um, you know, sector and also thrive in it. Uh, I mentioned the training um, academy earlier and the facility. Uh, this is just one, what one of our products look like for the scooters um, and delivery services. Uh, so you call it e-delivery because of course it's electric and handle, you know, both delivery and um, logistics services, connecting people to the um, best local stores or restaurants in their city. Uh, some of our partners, uh, we have GGGI, Global Globe, um, Green Institute, we have ITDP, uh, we're in part of Rwanda government, RURA, which is the governing body, um, Ministry of Environment, WDA, UN, um, RDB, and can't fit everybody on here, but just to um, show you a bit of people that we have on our, our partnership list. And um, that's a little bit about everything that I have for you today that kind of sums up everything that we do. Okay, great. Um... Thank you very much, Tony. Um, I think that was a very detailed uh, presentation about what you do and um, the various ventures that you're running. Um, just in case you have any questions for Tony, you can just write it in the um, comment section, right? And then I'll be glad to read it out and have Tony to answer them. But Tony, I mean, we have some personal questions for you as well from Star Africa, right? We thought about some things um, and then we wanted to ask you a few things about them. One of them is um, when it comes to your um, journey as an entrepreneur in, in, in Rwanda, right? Can you detail for us some of the um, situations when it comes to failures, right? And then how you, you, you manage these things when it comes to your ventures. So any situation where um, you most, you almost felt as though it's, it's, it's not working or it has failed and then how you, money the situation to to make it successful okay um my my, my mo is always um anything i lay my hands on um i'd like to see it through um i don't consider anything as a failure i like to look at most things as a learning curve to um to get it right the next time or to do better uh, i can give you an example 
for for Gura success being the Floridian road out now. It's a project we've been on for three years, and it took almost two and a half years plus before the city of Kigali actually signed off on it. And you know, we were in the country way before that. Um, but we used that time to really understand the culture, to really understand um how to really you know maneuver this and get the people um in entirety to really you know buy into this idea. Um, because unfortunately in Africa, we think the bicycles are for poor people, right? So we have to kind of figure out how to change this mindset. And um, what we're able to do is to come up with a product that sells cool, right? Because you see the bikes, you're not thinking, oh, this is for a poor person or a rich person. They're just cool bikes that you really just want to give a try. Um, so we did, you know, a lot of um, mindset changing, and, you know, working with the car free zone, sorry, car free dates, and really just putting the bikes out there for people to test, you know, that really created that excitement. And um, the amazing support we um, got from the government to really push this as well, um, saw us through um, all of that. Um, so, I mean, situations always come up, you know, um, challenges always come up. It's just pretty much, um, you know, staying the course and um, seeing it through as long as you believe in your idea and what you're trying to um, really um, achieve. Um, I don't think um, anything can stop you. You may have to make tweaks here and there, which is very normal, right? Um, but you definitely can see it through as long as you're determined. Yeah. That's, that's right. And um, how, how did you fund your very first venture? And then how did you then fund the rest of the ventures after that? Uh, so we're 100% self-funded, like across the board. Um, and it's sacrifice. You know, we, you know, a lot of times getting funded is not the easiest thing. So if you want anybody to bet on you, you have to be able to bet on yourself. And that's how um, we've always operated since day one, um, since I ever started, you know, venturing into business. Uh, we did what we had to do. That's just pretty much um, to really sum it up at that. You know, if you have to, um, you know, bet on your property or whatever the case is. I mean, it's technically, you're asking other people to bet on you and back on your project. There's no guarantee of success or not. Um, so if you're looking for other people to do that, you have to kind of be able to take that bold step yourself and prove yourself. Um, and at that point, you know, the funds will find you. I always tell people, um, it doesn't matter um, how, how crazy your idea may seem. Um, you just don't think about the money first, right? Um, just have a foolproof idea and just start, you know? You have to sometimes reach out to family members, a lot of uncomfortable situations, you'd rather not. But again, the success at the end of the day will really um, be worth it. So you kind of have to find a way to just start and get people to buy into the dream. Because um, it's not, you know, it's not easy starting off trying to um, look for funding, um, especially if it's not a proven idea yet. And so, um, was that the same strategy you used to fund the rest of the ventures of the first one? Or yeah. You... So, so what 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 it was? Um, we, you know, it started obviously somewhat related. You know, the only thing that's a bit, you know, to the left is the bike share. Um, obviously, you have a ride share, you have you know sales, you have charging. Um, so they all connected in a way. And um, for us, we saw like a huge opening. And not just in Rwanda, but in Africa as a whole. But Rwanda being an amazing starting point for us, and uh, we get into it. You know, again, pretty much um, having those conversations you probably don't want to have sometimes. And you know, uh, your success of your first one gives people comfort, right? To really want to bet on you for your second one. Um, it might not necessarily be BCs. It might be friends. It might be family members. It might be you. Um, you know, pretty much selling everything you have, but. Hey, you know what they say, you only have to get it right once. Yeah. And, you know, that's it. Yeah. I mean, one of the interesting things about your, your business model is um, the collaborations and the partnerships that you seem to have been able to establish, right? How did you go about them, especially with the ones when it comes to the, the governmental partnerships and stuff? 
how did you go about establishing collaborations? What inspired your decision to collaborate with this person or partner with that person? Okay, great. Um, when we came into Rwanda, um, luckily for us, there was already an existing um, Vision Green Transport, which made it a no-brainer for us to choose Rwanda as a starting point. Um, so looking at that, we figured out that um, we can't take this from the ground up. We really have to go to the very top and um, really um, get people to, um, you know, the government to understand what our project is about and um, the impact um, it will have on the country as a whole. One, leading Rwanda towards, you know, um, a greener country, but uh, more importantly, the, you know, the job creating opportunity that um, is really involved in, you know, our ventures. And um, they were able to buy in. It's a very progressive government. And um, they bought into the ideas, gave us a lot of support. I mean, we drafted, uh, I, I'm not from Rwanda, but, you know, I, I was one of the people to help, you know, shape and draft the entire policy, you know, um, about electric mobility. So it's really amazing, you know, seeing um, the kind of things that um, is transferring here in Rwanda. And it's really encouraging. And you see a lot of other East African countries really pushing towards doing because, Everywhere you turn now, I'm pretty sure everybody knows around it. You know, it's come a long way from where you know, the country was before. So, I mean, exactly. So, I mean, just to quickly touch on um, what you just said, um, did you know anyone? Was there any connection that you had with anyone? No you? connection. Zero. Zero. The whole thing when it comes to partnerships, you have to know someone in there before you can even send a proposal, right? No, no. So that's the thing. Like the country is, it's, it's open. Like they, they welcome you open arms. You know, you just go in there. You have an idea. You know. Rwanda's bought into the vision, right? So anything that will, you know, help the country progress, they're all in, you know. Um, you shouldn't have to, you know, give anybody money or anything like that for what will help the country grow, right? So that's the amazing thing about um, Rwanda, you know, it's completely open to all types of investor agriculture. It doesn't matter what it is. As long as you have the country's best interest at heart, you know, um, the open arms ahead means you're welcome to come in. Yeah, cool. Before I go on to read some of the questions we have here, um, does the government of Rwanda have any sort of incentives, um, tax holidays, tax reliefs or something for startups in Rwanda that most people should know about? Yeah, it really depends. Um, I like to say you have to you have to crumb so you can walk. Um, if you're a startup, number one, if you come into Rwanda, you cannot come into Rwanda doing an in and out. Like you come for like a week or two weeks, you leave. You come back again, like three, it, it won't work because you have to understand the culture. You have to understand the people. You have to understand, okay, well, I have this great idea, but I may have to change my direction a little bit because for it to fit into Rwanda and the vision, right? I have to tweak it a little bit. The idea I initially had coming in is an amazing idea, but it simply won't work with my initial approach. Um, so there are a lot of incentives, a whole lot of it, um, whether you're a startup, whether you're an existing company, um, there's a whole lot of that, which um, most important for um, RDB is to facilitate and ensure um, the success of your um, your business and your um, and your investment in the country. Okay, all right. Um, I'll read one question that we have here um, from Izera. It said, um, "I wonder how to get back the investment in your business." Okay, so I think the person wants to know how do you get back the investment you've made in your company, right? Um, in your own opinion, what would that what would that be? Okay, so we're we're in it for the long haul. Um, bicycle sharing. I mean, if you think about it, like I don't think anybody will ever think bicycle sharing will ever work in Africa. Like Africans don't use bicycles. Um, but luckily for us, again, we have a lot of support, and we do understand that it's a it's a long um, game for us. And you know, 
it's 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 a bit more on the CSR um angle of things than uh you know pro just revenue um you know generating um venture for us compared to like other you know companies in the same sector as us. Um, because the idea for us again with Guru Ride was to um, whatever solution that um you're looking to bring, you can't bring a solution that's far above the buying power of the country you're looking to invest in. So you have to be realistic when it comes to, you know, investing in any country you go in. Um, you know, in terms of breaking even and, you know, paying investment back, we're in the right place because the system works. There is a system, right? And um, if your model works and you figured out your business model um, in a short time period or in a long time period, you would certainly see that back because it's a very straightforward country and, and things things work here. And you have so many um, interested bodies and foreigners and, you know, locals from other African countries really trooping into Rwanda to reside. So the prospects are, are great. Okay. So, I mean, you are in for the long haul then, um, just as you said. Um, so there's another question from Katarina asking, um, how much do you think Kigali is going to change within the next 10 years? Do you think, it, and when it comes to mobility, right, do you think it's going to become a more bike-friendly city, you know, with more safety bike lanes and stuff? What is your um, projection um, from what is happening now? Um, in the next 10 years, that's, that's far. In the next five years, uh, things are going to really change drastically because you have more and more car-free zones coming up. And those car-free zones, they're really just a zero emission ground, which means there's no cars allowed. So it's either cycling or, you know, kick scooters or, um, you know, widgets, whatever you want to use or, or even walking. Um, you just can't drive there. So more and more of those are coming up because they're looking to really decongest the city. So you're going to have the bus system, which is also going to electric um, EVs. And it, with the incentives are really doing a great job in terms of pushing people towards um, that transition. And um, cycling is going to be really, really big because um, the president is very big on cycling as well. So you see more and more people, you know, gravitating towards that. And that's more reason why we're pushing more of the e-bikes here um, later in the year in Rwanda while we move the other base models up country. Interesting. Um, thank you very much for that. And there's another question here from Akahozu. Um, saying, um, what is the advice you give to a beginner? Um, like, what are the three biggest challenges you met and how you face them? And what can aspiring entrepreneurs learn from that? Three biggest challenges um, in Rwanda. Mm -hmm. Okay, uh, well, number one, you things may not work as fast as you want them to right depending on where you're coming from but they work um if you're used to things happening and 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 if you look at most parts of the world africa like you can really facilitate things by you know you know rubbing somebody's palms or giving them a little tip and if that doesn't work here so everything goes to due process and i mean it may take two weeks compared to the you know one or two days you're used to but you'll be doing it the right way and you definitely get it done um, so that can be a bit frustrating at the starting stages, but eventually you get used to it and you understand that this is just going through the due process. Um, secondly, um, well, it's been a while. <laughs> um, secondly, I want to say you, can, you can't, retweaking your model is another thing. I mean, you know, you have this great plan and this business plan, five, 10 years, and you come into a system where that plan is great, but you have to completely, pretty much do a complete 360 or 720 um, to retweak so many things to fit 
And that's why I said you can't really come into Rwanda visiting as a businessman or woman. Um, you have to really stay for a long period of time and, you know, be dedicated to understand how the system works and how the people work. Uh, because this little short times you come in and out is just not enough to um, to be sure that your model, you know, your um, investment would work here. And um, I think uh, thirdly is um, it's a small population, right? Uh, but within that, you know, whatever your investment is, you can still really um, make a pretty good margin. You can do really well here as a starting point. And of course, you have DRC next door. You have Uganda next door. So you can always look um, at any project you're doing here on a smaller scale. Two challenges I can come up with. <laughs> okay. All right. Thank you very much. Um, and someone's also asking, um, why did you choose to invest in Rwanda? Why Rwanda? Why not anywhere else but Rwanda? Um, Vision Green Transport. Coming in? Vision Green Transport. Okay. So that's like a no-brainer. I mean, which means like you're not starting from scratch. You're not trying to explain or trying to convince yeah. the, you know, that, that that enabling environment for that for you to thrive in that sector is kind of already there. Um, you just have to kind of help, you know, the, the government, you know, the system itself improve on it. Uh, so it was a no-brainer for us versus going elsewhere where you're trying to explain how this works. They probably take a much longer time. Yeah. And did you get this information by doing your own personal research or somebody said it somewhere, you had it somewhere? Where, where, where did the first spark start from? Well, I mean, I've, I've always, um, I've always, you know, Rwanda, the country and the name I've ever, you know, um, heard for a long time and finally decided to take a visit, you know, years back. And uh, I was just really impressed about how the entire, you know, system works and how old the people are in terms of, you know, noise pollution, in terms of honking horns and so many things like that, almost zero next to none. So it's like, oh, wow, you know, it's, it's a small country, but it's, it's working, you know, and um, we decided to kind of take a closer look and seeing, you know, where the short gaps are um, across the sectors and um, electric mobility being something we really um, been working on, wanted to really deploy in Africa. It just, it just really made sense to come in here and um, build from there and expand. Mm. Interesting. So um, when, when, you, when you decided to go to Rwanda, how easy or difficult was it to register a company? Uh, registering a company, uh, it's like once you, everything is online now. Um, once you put your, you know, information, everything through the system, you get your investment certificate and um, everything within six hours. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. That's interesting. And there's um, Jean Pierre asking, um, that what do you think is the biggest challenge for Rwanda when it comes to adoption of the electric mobility, e-mobility, and what can be done to overcome it? Biggest challenge of adopting it um, would be just, I mean, the fear of unknown initially, um, but we've gone way past that now. Um, not really understanding how it works, um, you know, charging, you know, you know, can I just go in and out and charge? Um, what are the advantages? Pricing, the price point was uh, another, you know, major thing for them. And again, it takes a lot of, um, you know, this reorientation and, you know, changing the mindset and getting them to understand that on one hand, you can be paying uh, $1,200 for a product. In a year, you end up spending almost 10000 maintenance, or you can pay 2000 or 2500 for products. But over a year, you only spend 3000 for me or gas um, in your motorcycle or cars. So it's a lot of that um, at the starting point, but at this stage now, um, everybody gets it. Um, the president has also announced that he's really, really pushing for the complete 
um, you know, transition to clean mobility. And, um, you know, the amazing thing here is everybody buys into um, the government and what the government is trying to achieve. So it really helps out a lot. Okay. Interesting. And we also have another question here from um, Jean, Jean, Jean Damour. Um, what, what are your advices to university students or fresh graduates who wish to become entrepreneurs? Wish to become an entrepreneur? Yeah, so basically your advice to um, want to be entrepreneurs, um, what would be, let's streamline, streamline it down to, what would be your top three advices or tips for um, want to be entrepreneurs? What should they do to become successful in Rwanda? Um, so, so three things, uh, build a company or brand, right? Um, sustain it and then grow. Build a company. Right? Uh, build, sustain, and grow. It's, uh, and it's not difficult. I mean, if you look at it, everybody that you see out there doing amazing things and come up with these innovative ideas, um, they're, they're regular people as well, you know, and they don't have more brains than any one of us do. They just pretty much, um, you know, locking in and, um, you know, identifying, um, you know, whether it's loopholes where, you know, you can really take advantage of or like, you know, void in the system where you feel like, you know, you can really make an impact. And then when you dive into it, you have to really be in, you know, in it to win, which means um, giving up shouldn't be an option for you. Of course, it might be difficult here and there, um, but when you find a way to stay the course and see it through, um, you definitely, at the end of the day, um, appreciate what you've been able to build um, because building from scratch is never easy, but it's doable by anybody, but it takes a lot of sacrifice and effort, um, sleepless nights, but it's just what comes with the territory. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Thank you very much for that. Um, and I see we have another question here um, saying, as technology increases, robots also incre increases as well. Um, can you plan to adopt new technology for tracking and security system? Or maybe um, you can just run us through the security measures that you are putting in place for um, the e-mobility system that you're trying to build in Rwanda. Yeah, so for, I mean, all our products are, are tracked and um, with, with, you know, unique devices, you know, for us to be able to, um, even if it's offline, we can still kind of know where our products are. Uh, but more importantly, especially with, with the Google Ride Bikes, what we, what we try to, um, along with the CFT Gallian Police, is to get people to understand that these are community bikes, right? So if you're stealing them or you're robbing them, you're really stealing and robbing them yourself. Um, they're not really bikes. You can just kick out on the road and start riding. They're bright yellow. The, the shape and the mode is completely different from the conventional bicycles. So it's really, it will serve you no purpose to really steal them. You know, you really can't stop stealing. You can't stop even from trying. You just have to keep, you know, changing your preventive measures to ensure that you keep that to um, the barest minimum. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much for that. Um, we have another question from the, our platform, our staff at our platform. Um, someone is asking, what was the cost of moving from the U.S. to Rwanda, right, to set up a business? And um, I mean, from financial to, I mean, any other costs that were involved, um, can you run us through quickly so that those who want to go to Rwanda to establish a business have a realistic view of really how much they should prepare, you know, financially for mm -hmm. when it comes to this move? Okay, great. Um, well, actually, I was in between the States and Nigeria, so I came straight from Nigeria to Rwanda. And um, coming into Rwanda, I didn't think about it. I just, you know, told one of the partners that, look, we're going to Rwanda and we came and we just never went back. Um, simply because we already determined that this is what we want to do and there was no turning back. Um, there's no right amount that mm -hmm. you can bring that would be enough. 
Um, it's pretty much you just starting small, you know, um, and not really, you know, taking on too much expenses in the early stages, considering that you don't really know what direction your business is going to take. Um, if you can work from home starting out and gradually build, I also recommend that versus getting the office early on because once these overhead starts to stack up, um, it becomes a problem because you don't have any revenue coming in, you know, so you're coming in with your savings, whatever the case may be, and um, this is constantly depleted on a daily basis with nothing coming back in. So you kind of have to kind of look at, you know, most of those things. And, of course, working from home now is a thing, you know, so that does work and it's, it can be effective depending on, on what your setup is like. Um, so I would say just pace yourself. Um, obviously, come with as much as you can. But um, do um, put, you know, measures in place in any case where if you do need extra assistance or support, you have a good support system back home, you yeah. know, that can help you because if those funds deplete, and you're not earning any revenue, it could be very um, discouraging, it can be difficult, and you might decide to just go back and, yeah. you know, and not stay, you know, so. That's right, that's right. Um, what, what, what one advice would you, would you have given to your beginner self if you were in that position to give your beginner self an advice before moving to Rwanda? Uh, I would have said come to move to Rwanda earlier, but I, even if we, if we did move to Rwanda earlier, I don't think the country was ready. For electric mobility then i just think we we came at the perfect time um when this you know green uh, um transport you know vision was put in place and we just you know fit in perfectly um but what i would say is uh if i can give advice to do something different uh as far as one of concern um I, I wouldn't change anything um because i feel like every experience and everything we went through we needed to go through that to be able to um you know um to have a better structure, you know, to have a, um, to put us in a better position to have, a, you know, successful companies um, and run them successfully. If we didn't go through those initial phases, um, I don't think we'll be where we are um, today, so. And um, another person is asking, um, what other areas of tech or technology um, are you interested or planning to venture into? Um, I really love electric mobility. Um, but I am I am interested in looking at fintech. I think that is so huge, and that's one major thing that we're really doing well here in Africa. Um, Africa, we rarely export any technology or any innovative ideas. We just consume a lot, you know. And um, I'm really proud of the fact that we're really doing really great in the fintech, um, you know, um, of things, and that's being used not just within Africa but outside of Africa. So fintech is quite interesting. Um, that's the future, I believe. And um, everything, you know, being cashless as well, I think is really amazing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Thank you very much. Um, um, I think we, I mean, if you have, if you have any more questions, um, I don't know how much time we have left, but um, is it possible to share also um, 20 your social media handles or um, any contact points that people who want to have more one-on-one conversation or um, one-on-one question, questions, you know, asked to you um, so they'll they be able to reach you. Is there any contact points that we can have? Yeah, I'm going to send that now. So we're just going to write in the comment um, the test box, and then you can just check it. Yeah. So, um, yeah, guys. So thank you all very much um, for for sticking and staying for today's lunch impulse. Um, do a few technical hedges here and there, but um, thank you for your patience, and and we hope that this has been one of the insightful sessions that you've had. And quickly, I mean, if you are just listening, if you can just type in the test box one thing you're taking away from um, this conversation, what would it be? One thing you're taking away from today's lunch impulse. What is one thing you're taking away from today's lunch impulse? Um, just go in the test box and then type it. 
and then let's all share the inspiration and then the motivation and the insight that we recall from today's impulse. Um, to appreciate Tony also for his time. He's a very busy person. It was difficult to get him, but um, it's nice that he's he's sharing a lot of insights and tips um, with all of us for free. So um, what, what is one thing that you're taking away from um, the lunch impulse? One thing you're taking away, just write in the test post. I see Katarina seeing very inspiring. Um, thanks so much. Um, so you can just write it over there. And don't forget to follow our social media page on Instagram, Star Africa, right? Star Africa, S-T-A-R-F-R-I-C-A. -A. Um, same on um, Twitter and on LinkedIn and on Facebook as well. So you can follow all the updates we have um, for our lunch impulse and other events that we have coming up as well. So um, you don't miss out. Yeah, so just make sure you follow our pages and then get more um, information. What will be your final words, right, to um, Rwandan entrepreneurs and also um, entrepreneurs who are based in the diaspora or different places who want to enter the Rwandan market in, in, in a nutshell? Okay, um, my, my, my advice and my takeaway point would be um, in, in business or so any aspect of life, your, your regret would be not trying not that you tried right so whatever it is i believe you should try and give it a shot and um even if you you know fail the first time or second time like it doesn't work out at all at least you wouldn't regret not trying um versus if you don't try and then you see somebody else come up with the same exact idea and that becomes something really huge that's something you probably not forget you know forget you know forget um or forgive yourself for um should i say so i always believe in trying you know giving it a shot and um you have nothing to lose but everything to gain Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Um, and at this point, I will hand over to Jonas um, to run up for us. Thank you. Yeah, perfect. Thank you very much, Derek. Uh, thank you very much, Tony, for this amazing session today. And thank you to all the participants for the interest in our Staffica Lunch Impulse session. And we will be back in a few weeks. So stay tuned on our social channels, channels and also follow Gurarai, Tony, Derek, and the Staffica team. Uh, to get the latest news about the activities here uh, in Germany as well as in Rwanda. So stay tuned. Thank you very much and see you the next time. Thank you, guys. All yep. right. Guys, bye.